Ron and Anian. Auto repair is a national trend with regional results, and the culture is regional. The car doctor. You don't dig until the day you die. It's probably a charging system issue where the charging system voltage isn't right. So right now, you're running off the battery. You're kind of like the Starship Enterprise when the warp drive goes out. You're now running on impulse power. Captain, I'll check the engines. The warp drive is a hopeless pile of junk. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Now is not the time to buy a Tesla. Here's why. Ron and Annie in the car, Doctor. Welcome aboard. Um, talking and doing some research the past couple of weeks, it's coming to it's coming to a head now. Um, after speaking with people that have been working at the local Tesla dealership, after speaking with people that know friends that work for Tesla, uh, some conclusive information, which I thought was rather astounding. Um, Tesla doesn't repair cars anymore, or hasn't really, from what they're telling me. Uh, they're saying that, and this is from techs that work for the local Tesla dealer, if the vehicle needs more than software programming or some type of you know programming update to its software, beyond normal maintenance, Tesla will, if there's a problem with that vehicle under warranty, Tesla will swap you out of that vehicle. They'll put you into a different vehicle and just take the old one apart and recycle it because they don't have a support structure in place to repair it, which I thought was astounding. What if you break down in the middle of Oshkosh and you, you need parts and you, you, there's, there's no parts to be had? So how can you buy something that doesn't get fixed? That doesn't make any sense. And then how, we're just going to continue to recycle it? Now, I used to know somebody, a, a personal friend that worked at the local Tesla dealer that was also the parts manager down there, one of the parts people down there. And John was telling me the story. This goes back. This was as, little, as short as 10 months a year ago that I saw John, and I, he wasn't with Tesla anymore. And I said, what happened? He said, they didn't need me. He said, they didn't have any parts. There wasn't really any parts to manage, per se. You know, it was, it was a name and title only until they got the place set up, and then once that was done, they were done. There's, there's no repair parts available. So how do you sell a product? How do you get behind a product? Maybe you want to get behind a product, no breaking, that um, there's no parts for it. That just doesn't make any sense. So I thought that was interesting. And then there are no outside facilities but a Tesla dealer to repair that car at. They're not releasing information to the aftermarket. The only place, as a matter of fact, the only place you can really get your car service outside of Tesla is a body shop. But the body shop has to be certified by Tesla to handle the repairs. And through some connections here in New Jersey, speaking with body shops, there are three that I believe, as of this moment, are New Jersey uh, certified Tesla repair facilities. You're spending somewhere between eighty-five dollars and $90,000 to become certified in the hopes that somebody has an accident. And I brought up the point. I said, yeah, but if they don't have parts to fix it, how quick, I wonder how quick a Tesla gets totaled before they decide not to fix it. It just becomes... Just throw it away because there's there's nothing there to repair. 
So, and I'll continue with my research because I'm always digging into the into the pile. But I've got to I've got to finish where I started. Now's not the time to buy a Tesla. Maybe in five years, maybe when they get some of these bugs worked out, maybe when they become more of a steady, um, steadfast type of vehicle. I I think that yeah, Tesla is. Maybe it is the way pointing the way to the future, and maybe it is. But in, a, in, a, in an economy that is oil, is petroleum, I'll say it like that, our economy and the world economy is petroleum-based, you're not going to see electric vehicles come into the marketplace so accepting that fast because when the oil companies have to, they can turn the screws the other way. You'll see gas a whole lot cheaper than it is right now, and all of a sudden that electric vehicle is going to be very unattractive. So, you know, now's not the time to buy a Tesla. Congratulations for thinking about it. You've got to go look at it, but um, definitely not the uh, definitely not the moment that you want to be uh, purchasing it, not in this uh, mechanic's opinion. Welcome aboard. Ron and Annie, the car doctor here. Thanks for stopping by. We've got a great couple of hours for you uh, talking about automotive and solving your problems, whatever they might be, at 855-560-9900. We've got Tim McDonald from Mitchell One stopping by and talking to us at the bottom of the hour and second hour today if uh, if you're tuned in or if you're podcasting you want to go find it we're going to be joined by paul eisenstein of the detroit bureau and uh, as always paul is um paul's just uh, just a great source of information so we're looking forward to that both of our interviews uh this week but right now let's kick the garage doors open let's go over to bill in michigan 07 pontiac grand prix bill welcome to the car doctor sir how can i help 2007 Pontiac Grand Prix. It's a 3.8 naturally aspirated, 187,000 miles on it. Just broken the in. manual HVAC. Yep. Single control. Do not have dual control. Okay. Problem is insufficient heat in the cabin on the infrared gun. It's coming out at 87 degrees. Yeah. I can run you through what I've done. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, tell me. Tell me. Talk to me. Okay. Top radiator hose is at 200 degrees on the gun. Heater inlet, 185. Heater outlet, 135. Inside the car is 87 degrees. Had a new heater core in 2013. Have changed uh, actuator door on the mode. Or I shouldn't say the door. Have just changed the actuator on the mode door. And uh, reset twice the uh, HVAC uh, by pulling the fuse with the key on. Um, pulled all the cowling off the passenger side. Pulled the cabin air filter. I have no debris in the fan area. And I am getting... A strong fan response when it's on full. It's just the air does not get warm. Okay, so kind of lost it. Where to go next? All right, so let's 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 break it out. We've got. Do you have a scan tool just for giggles, Bill? Just to, I do have a launch ninety. Yeah. All right, but we, I don't think that's a, that's not sophisticated enough, is it? Well, but it, at least it'll tell us coolant temp. I get it. I like I like the infrared gun on in the heat gun on the hose thing, but sometimes I just want to look at temperature anyway. I'm sure it's fine, but. Again, like I always say, fixing cars is knowing what's good so you can figure out what's bad. So just double-check your temperature. Make sure it corresponds to what you're reading on the hoses. Because if it doesn't, and if for some reason, watch this, ha-ha, what if your infrared gun wasn't working properly? Now, now all your heat measurements are out the window. So let's just verify that the, let's just verify that the scan tool is going to correspond to what the heat gun's telling us. That's number one. If I heard you correctly, you said that you had 187 degrees on the heater inlet? I have 185 on the heater inlet. The car has 187,000 miles. On got it. Okay. And we've got, we've got what sort of temperature coming out? Did we measure that? It's not real critical yes. to know, but what did you have? 135. 135. 135 and that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable 
um, amount of uh, heat heat exchanger, heat loss there. So, you know, 50, 60 degrees is about what we normally see. So it sounds like the heater core is getting warm enough. It just doesn't sound like it's it's getting airflow across it. I mean, I, I know you said that the core is new in 2013. Just for the conversation, is it possible? that Could it be restricted? What does the rest of the cooling system look like? Did we do we want to just eliminate it? How hard is it to get to the hoses? How hard would it be to just do a quick back flush and dump something? I've in done a, a back flush, Ron, but I haven't done it since uh, it's probably been a year. Since okay, and a year ago, did you get crud out of it? Not really. Uh, this problem, I've been fighting this problem for five or six years, but we had some real cold weather here earlier this month, and it really showed up okay. about how bad it is. So then. Maybe we don't need to flush it then if it's been going on for that long a period of time. I don't want to send you down a wasted path. Then I've got to say, it sounds like the core is getting hot enough. 185 degrees is more than hot enough. It's got to be something with air door control, whether we've got an actuator stuck partially that you can't get it to cycle beyond where it needs to be. But you'll tell me that you've probably got good cold air with air conditioning, correct? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, I've got to think that that door is stuck, Bill. Or okay. Either the door is stuck or the actuator is stuck, and it's just not able to move to its proper position. Here's here's an example, and, I'm, and I know you know this, but for everyone else's benefit, here's an example, gang, of where using a, 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 a factory-level tool or you know a dealer, the actual tool, a Tech 2 would be the tool for this tool for this vehicle, to actually cycle the doors to see does it move all the way from its counts from 0 to 270 or whatever the number is, does it, does it have so many degrees of movement that we know that it's, it's, it's moving the stops? Uh, I wonder if there is a way, and I don't think it was in 07, but I just wonder, maybe a little research would tell us, would we have the ability to do something with the control head? But this is a manual control head, not an automatic control head, Bill? That is correct, yes. Okay, I was going to say... It's single control. It's not dual control. Gotcha. I just, you know, you would wonder if there was a way to cycle the doors with buttons on the head, but I don't believe they had that capacity in 07. That's old school stuff. They, you know, by now, everybody went to a scan tool doing it, so you didn't have to resort to that. You know, so I've got to say focus more on door position. Either door, okay. either door position binding or the actuator itself, the little motor that runs the door, isn't hitting all the way if it's stopped. If you can get to that actuator, take it off without having to disassemble the entire dash, just manually swing the door. Put it all the way to hot and then take the actuator off. If you can move that door another quarter of a turn of travel, you know you're on to something. All right, Ron, if I understand the system correctly, there's three doors, right? Right. A recirculation door, right. a mode door, and Co- a blend door. Correct. Blend door is temp, mode is defrost, uh, middle of the dash floor, and the other door is fresh air or recirculatory air. And those, right, those based are the on your experience, does that dash have to come out to do the, uh, the mode door? The, that's kind of the direction I'm headed in. Um, the 07, just take a peek at the service information. <laughs> See where it's located. I don't remember it right off the top of my head, Bill, but something strikes a bell about pulling the glove box out, and it's over on the right side there. Okay. But you may not be able to. You may not be able to get enough of it apart where the dish at that point then does have to come out. So um, the last thing I could tell you is every once in a while you'll run into a vehicle that's real hard to get a dash out on before you pull the dash. Do a Google search. Fix my. Uh, let's see. What's the wording? Fix my heater actuator without dash removal something along those lines 
There are companies okay. out there that are coming up with ways to replace the actuators without pulling the dash. Sometimes we're cutting holes that they're giving patch plugs for that we're not thrilled with. But you know, every man chooses his own his own way of doing things, and it may be it may be more beneficial to do that on an older vehicle with tired, brittle plastic than it is to actually pull everything apart and you know, possibly break something. So uh, just another alternative, another way to go. But I bet you your problem's in that actuator and that doorbell. Let me know what happens. I'm curious, babe, and uh, I hope things get warm for you up there in Michigan. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, let's get over to Tim in Michigan. Tim, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, it's good. Hello, Ron. Yes, sir. Um, quick question. I have an 08 Silverado. Okay. It's some, it's, I know the time is in this year, so I'm just going to say it. This truck's been in maintenance to death. I, I've probably overdone maintenance on this truck it's very well driven it's not beat up in the woods or anything like that it's in the garage every night just lately i went had all the brakes rotors etc ball joints anything i do it to with 150,000 miles on the truck that i would need right as i start to stop i'm getting a thump so i take it back to the brake shop and they looked it all over and said we can't find anything and, and this is well, since they did the work yes Okay. Yeah, I had the work done back around it's December now, going into December, I had it done at the end of July. Got it. No problems up till maybe two weeks ago. And it just, the only reason I think I heard it then is because I turned the radio down and the road noise and whatever. And I, wow, what is that? Right. And it's just a, a rhythmic thump, thump, thump to the, to, to the stop. Okay. So I get on there myself. I'm not a mechanic, but I, I know kind of what to look for. I'm moving the drive shafts and the, pulling on stuff. I can't find anything. So I t that's when I took it back and said, I don't see. But so they did their thing and okay and from what I seen it's a good shop I, and I go back to where you said to find a mechanic and I can't seem to find that shop that that I need to find but besides that they they can't find anything so I take it to another shop just for a second opinion they look at it and that's where I got the alignment done they can't find anything take it down to the transmission shop it must be in your uh, drive line as far as transfer case or transmission. Okay, took it on there. They, it was good to me. Got it right in. Took it for a test drive. I went with him. He, everybody's hearing the thump is, is where I should have started. Everybody's hearing it, but nobody can diagnose it. So I'm at the point now, I got a two-tier question, I guess. Have you heard of anything in that line of that line of truck? And is it time, and I say this because I've had bad experience, is it time to take it to the dealer now because they're more familiar with that exact truck rather than an outside garage? First, I'd rather not. First question but, I'd want to know the answer to, Tim, is can anybody duplicate it either on the air or on the road? Do they hear on it? the road? All three have duplicated. I went on the road trip with them, and we all agreed. Yep, there's the noise, and it's pretty obvious. And so, wait a minute. Um, you're, you're telling me, brother, that you brought <laughs> you brought your truck to three shops. Yes. They can all hear a problem. Yes. And all three of them are saying they can't fix it. No. I mean, yes, yes, they cannot find it, fix it. Now, in the air, we tried that, and it, it will not happen. Okay. 
But all three guys, I went with them. I even drove the one just to show them. And, yep, there it is. Wow, look at that. Okay, we can't find nothing. Shoot me out the door. Good. Uh, we don't know what to tell you. Do they, and one, one even had the analogy of if I'm a plumber and you call me for a leak and I can't see the water drip and I can't fix the leak. Yeah, but they can hear the noise. They can hear the noise. Yeah, so the the, the pipe's leaking. They're just, I hate to say it, but they're kind of too stupid to find it. All well, right. what, I, what I'm kind of feeling and I've been in the service work, and service, just for lack of better words, just sucks everywhere. You know, it just that's just my opinion. It, it's like if we can't find a problem within five or ten minutes, uh, get rid of this, get get you out the door and get the next car in. But because, you're, you know, but it, you're it, willing to pay for a diagnosis, right? And I did. Yes, I did. So you paid them for a diagnosis. They told you they can't fix it. They took your money and moved on to the next guy. Right. And, I got to move to Michigan. <laughs> What's that? I got to move to Michigan. That's a racket. I, no, I want. No, I want to move to where you're at. Oh, that's that's a racket, brother. I Jesus. I want to be down the street from you. <laughs> Holy smokes! We don't we don't even tell anybody where I am. Believe me, I have people stumbling into the shop still. They're going, "Wow, this is really you." Yeah, shh, don't tell anybody. Um, I may make listen, the trip. listen. Before the clock grabs me, let's let's talk about it like this. First thing I want to do is I'd like somebody to dial indicate the rotors. By that, I mean I want the wheels off, the lug nuts on, so the rotors are clamped to the hubs and the flanges the way they are with the tires on the truck. I assume this is a four-wheel disc vehicle. And I want somebody to put a dial indicator, a very precise measuring tool, on this on the vehicle and spin the wheel by hand. What's run out? What is rotor run out? I'd be willing to bet it's beyond spec off the top of my head. I'm saying one to two thousands is a good number. I bet you this thing has got six to eight thousands of runout on it because I think what you're describing to me is this is only with the brake pedal applied, Tim, or this is driving down the road, uh, just driving down the road at any particular speed, which is it. it, it it's smoothest silk down the road. It's only when brakes applied. Right. It's going to be when the brakes applied. What you're describing to me is caliper rock. All right, caliper rock by definition is the one of the rotors or more than one of the rotors is is got a pulse to it it's got a wave to it it's warped and the caliper is rocking on its bracket and it's as as you stop it's it's okay and then as you get down to the last you know 20 mile an hour drop it's thump 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 because the caliper is rocking or one of the brake pads or a combination of pads aren't smooth to the stop and they're causing it to rock get a dial indication done Get it up in the air. See if they can duplicate it. You call me back, brother. I'll help you fix this truck. That's ridiculous. I'm Ron Annie in the car doctor. Hey, coming up next, Tim McDonald, Mitchell One. Updates the software and shop management. Stay tuned. We're back right after this. Welcome back, running in the car doctor. You know, you work in the trenches for 40-plus years, and you realize that information and shop management are the two lifebloods that hold any repair shop together. And as technology has just taken off and continues to accelerate, the more changes that come, you just wonder, how will you keep up? Well, you turn to one of the giants in the industry, and we're glad to have them with us today. Mitchell One, Tim McDonald is with us. And um, some very specific things and changes are going on in the world of Mitchell One that are going to affect how we run the repair shop, and we thought we'd bring them to you today. Tim, welcome back, sir. How's everything your way? Hey, Ron. Everything's good. Glad to be with you. Um, You know, this story sort of generated in my mind. I was working on a General Motors product recently, and I had to visit the manufacturer's website to get some software flash update information. It was a very, very late model vehicle. You know, you guys have spoiled me. Um, <laughs> you know, 
that's way, their intention. You know, the, the way you look up information on Mitchell One versus how you look it up for, at General Motors is completely different. And I'm not, I'm not sure what they're thinking because everything is hyperlinked and indexed from one article to the next to the next to the next where you sort of bring it right to the forefront in the face of the mechanic. So there's everything listed right there. How do you do that is my first question. Well, I know you don't have all day, so I'll try to give you the shortest version possible. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, so over 15 years ago, we made the conscious decision, since we're no longer making books, to include everything, service manuals, cover to cover. And at the point of making that decision, several things revealed themselves. First of all, you're thinking of a starter as electrical. No, it's engine mechanical, because in the OE's eyes, it's bolted to the block, okay? So you make certain accommodations. But when somebody says OE information, it sounds great on paper, but it's really no gift. And so we do have to go through a lot of steps to decide how to follow, what to delineate, and in the eyes of our customers, make it quick and easy to get the desired information quickly. So I guess maybe this is where OneSearch Plus came along? Well, you know, um, it's a curious thing. There's lots of information, but can you find it? And so we went through a lot of development steps, including the original uh, one search, which was a step in the right direction. But I can tell you from my recent trade show experience this year validating it that One Search Plus is kind of a automotive nirvana because it is serving up the information in a card system that is in a diagnostic flow. And with One Search Plus, you're getting not only what the manufacturer says, the OEM information that they, they want to have, but also the experts' uh, community with real fixes. And so with one lookup, you're getting everything. So the comment that comes to me quite often is, hey, you guys put a lot more information in here. And, well, yes, of course, we add every, every year. But what we've done through OneSearch Plus is a far superior job of surfacing that information and putting it into a sequence for you. In, in terms of making it available for us. Exactly. Because it's, 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 it's all right there. And then there's SureTrack. You know, we do the short track repair of the week once in a while here, Tim, and, and some of the stuff is just fascinating how, yes. how they come up with the answers. We had a, a 99 Ford Ranger as a topic of discussion, I think, last week, the week before. Yeah, that, that a, a rear main <laughs> seal, a crankcase rear main seal, was causing a lean running condition on a Ford Ranger. Now, you know, who yeah. would have thunk that? Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and that's a separate stream of information that you're – I don't know, procuring, obtaining, I'm not sure. Where do you get that information from? Well, it, Ron, it's a combination of things. First of all, uh, of course, we have our manager SE shop management system, and so we aggregate the data from closed invoices, and that helps us identify certain trends and repairs and predictive component failures where, you know, 100,000 miles, this is going to go, that's going to go. But also we have on, uh, a number of experts in the community. They have a SureTrack account. They post their questions, and they also can sign up to be experts to answer questions for other technicians. And that plays into our real fixes, where you have a count in that column on the right side, fixed it. So it says, yeah, 471 times. I'd say that's pretty solid. All right, yeah, it, become, it becomes the common pattern failure. Right. As, as, so there's GM experts, Toyota experts, right. and so on. Interesting. And now you're tying it all together, though, because then the Mitchell story is you've got – the Mitchell 1 story is you've got – one Search Plus, SureTrack, and Shop Management are all tied together as one neat package. Yeah, and Social CRM as well. Right. Talk to me about Social CRM because I know that's been ongoing for a while. Has that, is that where you guys want it to be? Do you see more being done with that? 
Yes, in fact, uh, we just unveiled at Apex a few weeks ago uh, a widget or online component that shops will have on their website so that online scheduling becomes possible, and those uh, appointment requests will shine through Manager SE. The shop will look at that and accept or set as pending or, or decline, and all of that has automated template messages for you. And so social CRM as marketing for the shop continues to grow with its set of services, even more tightly interwoven to the shop management system. What do you do with certain manufacturers? And what, what comes to mind today, Tim, is um, Tesla. Now, Tesla is not really releasing information to the aftermarket, are they? Not that I have seen. The thing to keep in mind with, with Proto Manager Information Resource is it's all major mass-produced vehicles. Um, extending into truck, of course, we do all the way up to Class 8 trucks. But for, if it's something smaller, production, exotic, then um, there's the point of diminishing returns on that. So while that information not, may not appear in ProDemand or our truck products, our customers can always call product support and get information on those. So is it, and I guess my question, I, I probably didn't ask it right, my fault, is it, is it Tesla doesn't release it or it doesn't make sense for you financially to pick it up to try and distribute it because how many shops are doing Teslas? Is that a better way to phrase the question? I see your question, and it's probably a little bit of both. Um, as far as the editorial, that's a different wing than I'm in. Right, okay. Yeah, I just, you know, I wonder because there are, you know, as we move more and more towards exotics, as I consider it, or electric vehicles, um, it'll be a transformation in terms of information. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We are keeping up as far as GM and Toyota's efforts. Yeah, well, are. yeah, and you know what? Listen, I think I think where you're at right now, you're great at it. Uh, in terms of you know GM, Toyota, Honda, Ford, Chrysler, you guys are the bread and butter, and you know all the information is there. I love the fact that I can go into my Mitchell repair information, and I'm working on oh I don't know I'm uh, you know a P0135 on a GM product, and I'm looking it up, and it it gives me repair count and pattern failure probability of 281 cases of you know <laughs> an O2 sensor fault. Well, at least sure. I know where I'm looking. Right. And, you know, the that, argument, well, well, the argument could be made, you know, it's a silver bullet. It desensitizes you to diagnostics, but it doesn't because no. there's so many possible places to look. At least you know what to test first and save the consumer money in the long run. Exactly right. And so because we know our market is the aftermarket shops, we know that they're going to work on all kinds of vehicles during the day. So we'll take we basically are translating the OEM service to be in a consistent format, no matter what type of vehicle you're looking at. Right. I had a um, I had a 2000. Now here's a story for you. I had a 2000 Saturn SL1, I think it was, that the headlights were coming on at random. All right. And I looked up repair and wiring diagram information in Mitchell, and I'm going through it. And it was either under, from the community, or it was under sure track fixes. Mm. It was checked for wiring under the right headlamp assembly that the pink wire hasn't rubbed through the bracket, causing the lights to come on. I walked over to the car, just for giggles. I leaned on the right headlight, and the lights came on. <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, here's a 19-year-old well, car. I took the headlight out. I found the bare spot on the wire. Sealed it up, fixed it, repaired it, put it back together, gave it back to the customer, charged them an hour, see it down the road. I, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, they, they did build a few of those, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's in the realm of possibility of you're going to find this cure that way. Right, and and yeah. the name of the game is return on investment for us, return on investment for you guys, because you have yeah. to be here for our future. 
and and let's let's close it out there, Tim. Where, where where's the future going to be? Are you, are you guys going to be with us in ten years? Well, I'll tell you what. We just uh, celebrated our hundredth year last year, and so it says uh, on our slogan and on all of our presentations now, one hundred years and still accelerating. Yeah, and I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Well, listen, you know, from 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 the east coast to the west coast, everything you guys do. Uh, really helps keep us rolling along, no pun intended, and we'd be lost without you. So uh, you guys keep well, doing it. Well, that's our mission way. in the marketplace. No, you really are it. So uh, give my best to JW, uh, JD and everybody else out that way, and uh, you guys have yourself a good Christmas and a good New Year. All right, kiddo? And on behalf of Mitchell One, we wish you the same. Same thing. And uh, MitchellOne.com, if the listeners are looking for more information. 10-4. Okay. Hey, Tim, have a good rest of the weekend. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you much. Take you're care. Very, you're very welcome. I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor, and we are back right after this. Running into the car doctor. Let's go over to Joseph in Michigan. 95 Chevy pickup truck running rough. Joseph, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? I got a heavy exhaust leak at both exhaust mantles for the crossover pipe hooks to it. Okay. And I'm getting, uh, when I'm going down the road, go about three or four miles, and if I slow down, it runs real rough. It has no power whatsoever. And I was wondering if the exhaust manifold leak is causing the O2 sensor to tell it to give it more gas or something, and I'm flooding out or what it is. Well, it, sure, it could be. Uh, I don't know if you're flooding out is a good term, but I get where you're going. Uh, you know, listen, and it's, it's a good thought because, you know, O2 system, or I'm sorry, exhaust system integrity, meaning a solid exhaust system, no leaks front to back, you know, is required on a feedback vehicle like that, anything with an O2 sensor in it, which is anything made in the last, 25 30 years so uh -huh. yeah you know it's a good it's a good starting point not to mention all that exhaust leak isn't really great for the driver it's going to make him fall asleep him or her fall asleep and uh, um you know it'll, it'll be like sitting in a coffee house in haight ashbury in san francisco in 69 seemed like mild uh yeah you know um so yeah you, you want to fix all that uh they could tell hooking up a scan tool taking it for a ride see where fuel trims are you know, uh -huh. uh, you know, and see what O2 sensor activity is. Now, 95 is sort of a, you know, it's the year before OBD2, and this is a, a, a what uh, weight class uh, Chevy pickup, Joe? Is it 1,500? 1,500. 1,500. 1500. So, yeah, yeah. It, would, it would have been subject to OBD1. Uh, some of the, you know, 2,500, 3,500 is the one tons, the three-quarter tons. Didn't have as many emission controls back in 95. But, yeah, mm -hmm. there should be there should be at least a single O2 uh, in this system somewhere, if not dual, depending yeah. upon how it's equipped. So, yeah, it's a good starting point by all means. Uh, I took it to a shop, and they did not have a tool that would fit up to that, you know, being so old and everything. Well, you know, everything. you know, and I've been saying this for years, not to pat myself on the back, but this is the problem now. You know, this is like trying to fix... This is like trying to fix an older Windows XP computer and getting software for it. You know, after January of yep. next year, Windows 7 is no longer supported. Now, granted, it's been it's considered no longer installed the past three or four years, but, yeah, what do we do? You know, I have a lot of shops that come to me around the neighborhood because they know I've still got all my old scan tools. I've got them wrapped up in plastic bags, still hanging on the wall, because every once in a while, somebody's got it. We just did a... Um, a 92 Dodge Diesel Cummings pickup truck the other day, and we had to get out the old OTC Monitor 4000. I mean, my God, I haven't used that tool in 10, 12 years. Uh, but you need it, and you're going to have to hang on to all this stuff. 
and then at some point nobody's going to have that that tool and then you know you can either diagnose it by primitive peat means or you're going to you know the car's going to be gone so, yeah. uh, so the, now, the pickup the inside and everything is like brand new yet right. you know yeah. and I've, I've got two and about 250,000 miles on it and yeah. I use it a little bit around the farm right so I just kind of wanted to keep it running for that but yeah. I didn't want to put a whole lot of money into it either. <laughs> well, I can I can convince you to put money in it. You ready? And then I'm going to go. You want me to, want me to convince you real quick in 30 seconds or less? Yes. Okay. Have you priced out a new truck yet? Oh, not recently. I got a, I got a 2009 truck that yeah. I used. To. All right. Go price out so, a new go price out a new pickup yeah, truck, Joe. I, I see they're in they're in sixty seventy thousand. Oh yeah, you can spend you can spend sixty grand you know on a bad day. Uh, you can spend a minimum of fifty without a doubt, but you can spend yeah. upwards of ninety thousand dollars on a pickup truck now. So all of a sudden that old truck, heck, let's pull the engine out, let's rebuild yeah. it, let's do all fresh exhaust, let's go through the trans. You'll spend you know if the body's in decent shape, so you'll spend fifteen twenty grand on the truck. And you don't necessarily have to go that far, but all of a sudden you've got a vehicle that's, you know, it's it's reliable. The technology is understandable, and you know, for that kind of money, spend a thousand bucks, go buy an old scan tool from somebody. When you walk into the repair shop, go here. Here's the tool you need. So my time is up, Joe. Go think about that and uh, call me back if you have any other questions. I appreciate that, and good luck to you and your older truck. Uh, keep them going. They're um, they're they're. I tell you what, they're getting harder to find and. Um, there's nothing wrong with them. You just got to understand the technology a little bit or remember the technology a little bit. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. Don't go away. Did you ever wonder, and I know you have because you ask me these questions all the time, Ron and Andy, the car doctor, we're back. Define a good mechanic or how do you find a good mechanic? And I think the answer comes from this. I think it's attention to detail. I think it's the small stuff. It's not about price. It's about honesty, of course, and it's about competence. But it's about attention to detail. You ever walk into a delicatessen, order lunch, roast beef on white, lettuce, tomato, salt, pepper, mayo. Are all the ingredients there? You know, as you eat the sandwich, it's easy, right? You can kind of make a, a mental note. Yep, listen, I got my lettuce, I got my tomato. Maybe you asked for pickles. Maybe you wanted red peppers. Whatever, all right? The sandwich was ordered. The sandwich was assembled. The sandwich was made well. And then we can start to talk about, so they're competent. And then we can start to talk about it's nice roast beef. It's fresh bread. The parts are good, right? So there's competency, and then there's quality of parts. And then you walk into some places, and the bread is stale after you order it, and the roast beef is kind of grainy. And maybe they didn't exactly get the best lettuce, even though there's plenty of it on there. So they're competent, but their their source of parts really isn't the best. And then again, maybe they're like this place. So the oldest Anania unit down in Baltimore takes her Ford Escape into the local dealer for an oil change. She said, Dad, where do I go? I've leased this car. I don't know what to do. I said, take it to the local Ford dealer. They've got to be able to do it right. She came home this weekend. We looked at it. All four tires are at different pressures, two to three pounds apart, and they're missing the top engine cover. They forgot to put back on the oil change. Boy, is somebody going to get a phone call on Monday. I'm Ron and Annie in the car doctor reminding you, the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.